Johnny Signorelli here with Kevin Perry and a very special guest today, an amazing boxer, a legendary trainer, Buddy, Mr. Buddy McGurk. Like, Kevin, let's hit it. Let's get into it. What's up, buddy? How you doing, brother? Okay, how's everything? Everything's great. Thank you for asking, man. Um, you're over in the UK. You're doing a lot of stuff right now, as always. You know, I see, like, the man sweat all the time. You know, the blood tears <laughs> that you put out yeah. there. And how do you do it? Hey, listen, when I was a fighter, I had to do it, so it's no different. Yeah, man. You know, and you grind. Hey, hey, listen. There's no other way I know how to do it. You know, if you're gonna do it, you got to do it right. Well, you know what? You know what? Are you saying that I want to go to the gym right now, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, how you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're doing we're doing great. It's about 110 degrees outside, and we're inside, so we're doing fine. Are you doing great? Then you're ahead of the game. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's why we need the pool out here in Vegas, man. Yeah, All right. If you don't have that pool, you know about it. You know, um, you're a West Coast guy, right? You no, know, you know East Charles. Coast, East East Coast. I'm East Coast. So are you based out of the East Coast? Uh, no, no. Or are you? Uh, no, no. I'm sorry. I live. I'm from the East Coast. I still live on the East Coast. Oh, okay. That's great. So w which part of the East Coast are you based out of currently? Uh, I was born and raised in New York, and now I live in Florida. Okay. The, the great sunshine over there. Yeah. Let's face facts. The East Coast food is way better than the West Coast food. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, I'm, I'm from the West Coast, so I, I beg to differ. But anyway, that's, that's a story for another day. Kevin, you're crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm from California, so. Oh, okay. Out of Sin City, Las Vegas, along with Johnny Signorella. So. That's Got right. you. And I'm, I'm so, sure you're pretty familiar with uh, Las Vegas, correct? Oh, yeah, man, Las Vegas, for sure. Yeah. Buddy, you're uh, probably one of the biggest personalities, polarizing figures in boxing that I've ever seen. Like when, you know, Arturo Gatti is one of my favorite fighters of all time. I'm originally from the East Coast, and I know about all Arturo Gatti's fights and whatnot, and he was so amazing, and you coached him through that. The third fight with Mickey Ward, in which I was at, I was at the first and the third, and when I went home and rewatched the fight, you did something so great to him, you know, when he broke his arm and you said, what do you want to do? And Atura's like, I want to go, coach. I want to keep going. I don't want to stop. He's like, okay, baby, let's do it. That's what you said. And it, that was one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. It was like a Rocky movie moment. Um, <laughs> seriously, brother. Like, I mean, right. Yeah. It was like, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, you know, when I went home, like my father hit me up 
huge boxing fan. I took my sister out to this fight. You know, I got like, uh, you know, credentials from Ring Talk Radio that I worked for at the time. And I went out there. I took my sister out. She was a bigger Taragati fan. And what was funny is that she was like bitching at people. Go back to Lowell, Massachusetts. I'm like, listen, <laughs> sister, you're going to get us killed. Like, if you do this, like, this is a real thing. Like, this rivalry is real. Like, even though, like, they share water at the end and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the passion of the fans is insane. You know about this, buddy. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. But that moment when, when you asked him, like, what do you want to do? And he went to work. And you fixed them. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, without you have a, buddy, you have a lot of history in boxing that um, some people know, diehards like us know, but some people don't know about. Um, but there's just so there's so much to talk about here. Um, but there's there's one thing I, I really wanted to uh, ask you. Um, just about some, because you, you've been a trainer for a long time, uh, great world champion in the past as well. Um, any advice for uh, people who wanted to get into the sport of boxing, or would you even advise somebody to uh, get involved in this sport as far as, you know, the amateur fighting or whatnot? Any, any advice to anybody, any newcomers? Well, my advice would be to them is uh, if you're going to get into the sport, always have a backup plan. You know, uh, because, you know, it's like any other sport. Um, how many people make it and make a lot, enough money to, to uh, you know, um, live off of, you know? Um, a lot of fighters, they make decent money, but, you know, of course, we change our lifestyles as we uh, progress in our career, making money, and then one day it's not there anymore. And now to keep that lifestyle... It's going to cost money, and you're not getting that fight type of money anymore. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, you should always have something to fall back on, some uh, trade, uh, education, something, you know, because in this game, um, what you leave with is all you have. You know, everybody, you know, everybody's around you when you're making money, but when the game is over, it's over. And uh, and and it's it's sad because we don't have. As much as much pay-per-view that, you know, guys like, you know, uh, Mayweather, Tyson, and the guys today are making, the money that's being made is unbelievable. Fighters don't have a retirement fund. There's nothing for fighters. Absolutely nothing. You know, so, I mean, you're starting by yourself, and the sad part is you're finished by yourself. But in between, you'll have 20,000 different friends, 20,000 different relatives. But when the band stops playing, everybody stops dancing and they look for another band, another tune to dance to, and you left on your own. Yeah. So you just got to have that backup plan, man. You know, I saw something today on TV that kind of brought tears to my eyes. I watched the, um, the documentary on Joe McCullen. And it's like... Uh, it's sad, man. It's really sad. You know, you got fighters out here making millions and millions of dollars. And I mean, they might be someone helping them. I don't know. But it's like the man's family needs help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can have fundraisers, 
But if you're out here and you make $10 million, you're going to tell me you can't give up a half a million or a million dollars. That's true. So, so, what, so, so that being said, what, what could be, because I mean, this is a, a topic that I think me and John have talked about, I'm sure. Um, what, what can be done as far as, um, so I mean, I'm just going to throw something out there. Um, you know, percentage of fighters' purses being to put into some union or something. Uh, what what can be done as far as retirement for boxers? Is that something you know feasible or something that you've even thought about? Uh, at the IBF tried it. The IBF tried it, but it's hard to get a young man who who never had it, and he finally makes it. You say, okay, look, we're gonna take ten percent and put this little fund for you for retirement. He's going to be like, no, I'm going to do want to do what I want to do with my own money. I'll put it in retirement. I don't need you to put it in retirement. But the IBF did try that. Okay. Uh, Larry Holmes and Jerry Cooney had a good thing going, helping a lot of ex-fighters, a lot of ex-world champions. What happened with it, I don't know, but I do know they helped a lot of fighters. Helped them get jobs, you know, helped them, you know, go to school if they want to help them get a trade. You know, it was a great thing what Larry Holmes and Jerry Cooney did, and I think boxing needs more of that. So, so is a boxing union something you think that's feasible, or is that just too difficult to organize because of uh, the whole fraction, the fractionality of the sport? I, I'm saying that as lack of a better term, but um, boxing being so fragmented, is that a, the big hurdle that's kind of in place? Yeah, I think, currently? yeah. I mean, I, I really believe it. Because, you know, it, it, uh, that special today, watching that special on him and Iran, you know, and they had Iran Barkley in the special with him, you know, it, it, and I ain't going to lie. I said I cried, man. Yeah, I feel you, buddy. And the thing is, mm. what you do for the sport of boxing is that you bring it back to its grassroots, man. The way you train fighters, like I watch you on Instagram, I watch you on Twitter, I watch you wherever you are, and you're always saying, double up the hook, double up the jab, you know? And it's funny, because I show my wife these tactics. I'm like, watch this. I'm training today, so I'm going to go in there and you know, show her like, hey, what's up? Like, obviously not on her, but I'm right. like, check this jab out. Check this double hook. You know, I'm like, I learned this. I watched it. You were so great as a practitioner, obviously as champion, and also a trainer, man. So I got to give you nothing but yeah. thank you. I thank you. I was blessed, you know, to, you know, God bless me in the sense of uh, being able to make it as a trainer because, uh, you know, I was one of those guys. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I mean, I blew, I blew everything when I was fighting. Every money I made, I blew it. I woke up one day, everything was gone, and I blew it helping family, helping family. Uh -huh. You know, helping take care of the family, and then when it was all gone, family was gone. It was just me, my wife, and kids. Yeah, you're and, that uh, guy, man. Yeah, and you know, my my wife said to me, you know. Um, she goes, look, before you fight again, I'll work two jobs if I have to. You know yeah. what I mean? Until, until we figure it out on how we're going to do this and what we're going to do. And I said, no, I'm going to be a trainer and it's not going to be easy, but I don't want you to work two jobs. I says, I know I know what I have to do to, to get some money for us to get by until, you know, I get my foot in the door. So, you know, but I was that guy at one time, you know, but, you know, like I say, God, God blessed me to to come back as a trainer and, and make a living. But 
it's not a good feeling, man. And what and watching that today, it really, really brought back a lot of memories because I mean, I came up with Iran Barkley. I remember when Iran used to have his everybody around him. Mm-hmm. And everybody just mooching off of him, you know, and 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 then seeing him in that special kind of like, you know, he's a, you know, it was recorded a while ago, but he was like 45 in the gym trying to train for a fight. I'm like, wow. You know, and I ask myself every day, you know, what would I be doing? What would I have been doing if I couldn't train? What would I have been doing back then? And yeah, when man. I... You know what I mean, so it's it's like it's 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 crazy, man. You know, and and you know, and I try to educate some of these young fighters, but they don't want to listen. They're like, man, I'm not going to be like you. I'm like, you're going down that road already, man. You don't even see it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I love about your training when I watch the videos is that you're very honest. You're like, no, do it again, do it again. And I trained with you back in Elite Heat in uh, Newark, New Jersey. And I remember that about you. You're like, do it again, do it again, you know. But then when someone does something right, you're like, okay, perfect, nice. Yeah. Do it same way, do it again. Everything is do it again. I don't want to oh, yeah. with you, but yeah, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but buddy, you're you're um you're somebody that's um you made the transition from fighter to trainer, and you've been very right. successful. Um, but a lot of fighters. Are not able to make that transition. I'll call you right back. Um, it's it's a hard transition. Believe me, it's hard. Why it's why, why is it that somebody like yourself can do so well at training uh, fighters, and other fighters just have not had the same success as you? Is that something that you could explain to us? Well, to be honest, I started boxing on January seventeenth, nineteen seventy six. I started boxing on my twelfth birthday. Right. That was a Saturday. That Sunday, I woke up. I said, I want to be a trainer. Wow. So, as I was learning as an amateur, I used to always watch the trainers. Like, I would come to the gym early or stay later and watch the pro trainers train their fighters. Then, when I uh, turned pro and started fighting pro after about 10 or 12 fights, I started training amateurs on my spare time. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I I, I love the, I love the, 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 how can I get it? I get the feeling of teaching someone to outsmart someone. You know what I mean? Like just to, to um, I just love teaching. And I love teaching, you know, boxing, man, because, you know, it's, it's my life. You know, it's always been my life since the day I, I started boxing. You know, I mean, I, I love this. I still love it. I mean, I, I fall asleep now that I'm here in England. I fall asleep every night watching YouTube of old fights. I fall asleep. I get on the TV. The last night I was watching Archie Moore and I fell asleep. You know, I just, I love the game. I love showing guys things and watching them do it and be successful at it. It's, to me, it's, I get a great, it's a great feeling you know, to know that I can help somebody, you know, become something special. I mean, pursue their dream of becoming a world champion because I know at one time I was that kid pursuing that dream. Well, you certainly do that. The thing is, like, you know, I've seen you as a trainer. I've seen you as a fighter. I see your passion. I see what you do every day. Again, 
I'm going to mention social media because that's the thing nowadays, right? Everyone right. social media. Yeah. I see you sweating, bro. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're working mitts. Like you're going on fire. I'm like, look at this guy. And then you fire me up by watching that. Cause I'm like, all right, now I got to go. Got to go do something. And then when I train fighters, which I do like, I mean, people that just want to keep in shape. I don't know if they're ever going to compete. And my wife actually tells me, she's like, Johnny, you're going a little too hard. You're like John Kreese from like Cobra Kai. You're going a little too hard on these people. Maybe you should like ease up a little bit. I'm like, no, I need a triple jab. I need a right hand. You know, I need a body shot. You know, I need a one, 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 and then a two, and then a three, and a four, and a five. She's like, you got to understand, people are not like equipped like this. This is a different thing, you know, uh, to train, but. What you do is you want to train people if they fight. I, I don't want to speak for you, but if they fight, you want to make sure that they're prepared to handle themselves, not only oh, yeah. with their hands, but their, their foot balance, correct? Listen, when the, I tell everybody when the bell rings, you take three steps in, I take three steps down. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the quote of the day right there. I'm like, you know, Someone's like, yeah, I did a good double jab. I'm like, what would you do with your legs? Like, um, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, you don't know. So you got to move. move. Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, don't just stand there because you're in the line of trajectory of getting fired shots on you. You know? Right. But, buddy, I mean, like, you're an absolute amazing trainer. Uh, what you do is in between rounds, I've always noticed this, that you really talk to the fighter, you know, on a personal level, because you care. And, you know, like, the thing with Agati that I spoke about when you're like, you know, Agati's like, my arm, my arm. And you're like, how's your arm? And he's like, I could, I could go. And you ask him, are you sure? That's awesome. Like, you actually care. And I've seen it numerous times before, you know, where you actually look at a fighter and fighters in the past that I trained in amateur ranks, they used to get pissed at me when I pulled in the plug, they get mad. They're like, why? I'm like, dude, you look like shit. Like, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, so, see, sometimes we see what they don't see. Yeah. Exactly. Or, they or they refuse to see. See, one thing about fighters is that we're the first one to know, but the last one to admit it. That's I right. Mean, and that's what most pro athletes, especially at a high level, you know, you know something's wrong, but you're not going to admit it. Your pride's not going to let you admit it. So sometimes you got to have someone that's going to save you from yourself. Uh -huh. When you hugged Arturo Gotti and grabbed his head during that Mayweather fight, Mm -hmm. That was a big emotional moment for me because I was like, "This is <laughs> like when you just hugged and be like, no more, no more." Like I, I keep going back to that, buddy. I'm sorry. It's one of those things. Like I'm a bigger Taragati fan, and like I said, I was at uh, two of the three fights, one and three, and they were just amazing fights. And what you did for him was incredible. Like you trained a lot of an amazing fighter. You, you know, in that fight, in that fight, I got to give. Credit and almost respect to Larry Hazard, the commissioner. Now, I love that guy. He's a great man, great commissioner. We need more commissioners like yeah. him. We need more people like him in boxing. Yeah. 
Yes. He came, he came out of his seat on the other side of the ring and came to my corner and said to me, are you going to do it or do I have to do it? He didn't have to do that. He could have jumped on the ring apron and said, that's it. But he, I seen it when I seen him walking towards me, I knew what time it was. Now, com commissions don't do that. They don't get out of their seat yeah. and come and say, you know what I mean? He came and said, look, buddy, you going to do it or do I have to do it? I says, Larry, just let him make it through the round. He says, I'm going to stand right here. And when he made it through the round, I, I didn't even, I just went up and that's it. You know, he gave, you know, he gave me that respect, man. I love Larry. Larry's, Larry's the man. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know him as well as on a personal level. I mm -hmm. work at his gym, yeah, in Newark as well. Yeah. It's great. great mean, any other commission would just would have jumped yeah. up on the ring apron. But he says, you know, but I'm going to give you the chance to do this. Or if not, I'm going to do it. And he, you know, I mean, when I see, like I said, when I saw him walking towards me, I knew what time it was. So, yeah, so it's interesting um, that you bring that up because um, this is a topic that I think a lot of you hear a lot of fans talking about it a lot, especially. But um, I just want to get your thoughts as far as because um, I know Larry Hazard, he's somebody that has a at least a martial arts or a boxing background, and he was a great commissioner. Um, but most of the people, it seems, who are kind of in the behind the scenes in boxing, they don't have a boxing background. Like ju most judges, for example. Um, I, I was at the Association of uh, Boxing Commissions uh, conference years ago for the WBO. And from what I understand is uh, most of the judges in boxing, they don't have a boxing background. Um, do you think it's necessary that judges should, should they have, you know, a fighting background, somebody that was you, an actual boxer should, or is that you, necessary they, or, or not? I think that you should have some type of experience. I mean, most of these boxing judges, are fans. They're boxing fans. And that's why sometimes you get the bad decisions that you get. Because some of these judges are a fan of a fighter. And or they see something that they like and they think, oh, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, like today you don't have infighting as much. Guys don't fight on the inside as much today. Yes. Yeah. But if you get a guy that fights inside, nine times out of ten, set I'm gonna say Six out of six out of the ten judges is going to give it to the. It's not going to give it to the guy who's on the inside fighting yeah. because they don't know what to look for. That's true. You know what I mean? I mean, inside fighting is a lost art. But when you get guys that can fight on the inside and they're doing damage, a lot of these judges think, "Oh, he's clenching, or oh, he's this." You know what I mean, but meanwhile, he's kicking the shit out of the guy. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like a Bernard Hopkins, like yeah, prison rules. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He'll take you to school. That's, that's why boxing needs more knockouts. Sometimes it takes uh, takes it out of the judges. You know, the hands of the judges. I and, mean, who uh, who fought better inside than Roberto Duran? Great, great point. Yeah, you know what I mean, Duran Duran would kill you on the inside for five or six rounds. But by today's judges, after six rounds, he might be down by fucking five rounds. <laughs> there were people True. that I was boxing with. That I got him in the ring, and they want to spar so quick, and I'm like, no, it's not the time. You got to wait for it. And so we get him in the ring, and I'm like, listen, these body shots are real. They will hurt you. Like I like a body shot. Yeah, no big deal. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, dude, protect yourself. Keep that elbow around your rib cage because if you don't, and someone nails you with that after a headshot or sets you up. 
with a body shot, with a headshot, you're going to be in trouble. Like, yeah, there's no way around that. And they're like, ah, body, nothing. I'm like, I'm like, you're not ready then. I'm like, I'm not going to spar you. I, I think people who've never been hit before, they don't understand that getting hit actually hurts. And then you're actually not just getting hit one time, you're getting hit consistently. And I, I think uh, novice boxers, they don't understand that part of the game. Is that that's something that's pretty true when you work with uh, new guys kind of coming into the oh, gym? That's, I got, I'm going to sum it up best. My manager one time, we was at a press conference, and he asked all the reporters there, he goes, do any of you know what it feels like to get smacked in the face? And they said no. He goes, then how the fuck could you tell a person how to be a fighter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost falling off the chair. Yeah, true enough. He says, "If you never, if you don't know what it's like to get slapped in the face, how can you sit here and criticize a fighter?" That's true, buddy. I had a trainer, Lloyd Marshall, in Newark, New Jersey, at um, Larry Hazard's gym. You know, called Combat, and he was great. He's a New Jersey Hall of Famer, and there was one time we were training. And he had his ring on, his Hall of Fame ring on, and he was throwing at me, and he hit me with the ring. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Could you just take the ring off? Like, I can take the <laughs> shot, but just take the fucking ring off. Bro. Like, why do we need to have this ring on right now that's going right. to dent my face and make me all messed up? I'm like, please just take it off. He's like, oh, I didn't realize I had it on. I'm like, Okay, but you realize you're hitting me in my face clean. <laughs> and I worked out with you, as I mentioned, like at Elite Heat, uh, great gym in Newark as well. Um, I miss those clubs, Red Brick Gym. Are you familiar with that, buddy? Red, Red Brick, Brick, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I had some great spars out there. I got my ass kicked many times, but it was fun. So, so, buddy, um, you're in England uh, currently right now. Uh, who, who are you working with over there? Is that something you can uh, divulge yes. with us right now? I got Callum Smith. He's fighting on Anthony Joshua Usyk on the card. He's fighting the WBC title eliminator at light heavy. Oh, so this this is a this is pretty big then. This is yeah. a really yeah. very significant fight coming up. Yeah, so we get ready for that. And also, uh, before we let you go, buddy, and great time, man, as always. Um, actually, I got a couple things here, but uh, Rachel Charles. Yeah. A friend of ours. I mean, how great of a personality is she? She's great, man. She's, she's great. I mean, she uh, she's a pain in the ass, but she's great. <laughs> <laughs> she's but great. You know, that, that smile sells it. That smile sells she, it. She's great and she knows what she's doing, man. So I got to give her, you know, I give it to her. I give her, I give her her props for sure. Absolutely. So um, after the aftermath of UK, what's what's next? What's going on, man? Uh, to be honest, I couldn't tell you, man. I just, I just want to get this over with and go home. Yep. You know, I I'm sorry. You. Um, I I might have missed you there, but uh, this fight, um, Callum Smith, he's fighting. What when's he fighting? August 20th on the Anthony Joshua card. Oh, okay. In Saudi Arabia. All right. And and, is, from, and his opponent, I'm sorry? He's from France. I can't pronounce the name. Okay. 
I feel you, buddy. Here's what's up. Outside of boxing and all the stuff that, you know, that we love and are passionate about, like my wife, believe me, she, I drive her mind crazy with this stuff. I come out of nowhere. I'm like, you know, if Evander if Holyfield fought this person at this point in time, she's like, <laughs> here we go again. You know, if I'm like, James Tony did this with this guy, it's like, here we go again. You know, I'm like, maybe if they had the right soundtrack coming into the walk-in arena, maybe the Rocky Ford, you know, war. She's like, Jesus, man, what is going on with you? I'm like, I don't know. I just get passionate. But I want to ask you, my tie-in is music. I know you're a big music lover. So what are you listening to to, to pass your time, man? Oh, man, I listen to my R&B, man. Give me some R&B and I'm good. Word. That's that's old. my music. That's my music too. R and B, hip hop, yeah, uh, old school, punk, old school, yeah. R, old school R and B. Yeah, I even throwing, I even throwing some Al King, Al Green, BB King. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> you fuck with yeah. Letty Williams? Who? Tower of Power. No. Oh, <laughs> dude, buddy, you got to get on that, man. I mean, I listen, you know, I listen. It depends on the mood I'm in, man. You yeah. know, I, I could go from one extreme to the other. I'll put it to you like this. When I'm in the car with my kids, wife and kids, they hate when I put on my playlist because they don't know what the hell they're going to hear. <laughs> so I wait till they fall asleep and then I put on my playlist. And when I put on my playlist, I don't get tired. I just drive. I could drive for, I could drive cross the cross country if I had my, I could put on my playlist. That's how I feel, man. Sometimes I work, walk home from work for like, you know, two and a half miles and people are like, how you do that after working all day? I'm like, it ain't nothing. They're like, it's 110 degrees outside. And I'm like, your tour Gotti, you know, ward fight. Fight ain't over. <laughs> you know, the referee. <laughs> Let's get in there. I'm like, so I put on Rocky Four soundtrack. I put on my Tupac. I put on Lenny Williams. I put on Whatever it is, Bob Marley, whatever gets me through it. And I don't, right. think, you know, I just get, I get through it. And it, you know, music is, you know, a meditation vehicle, I believe, to just kind of relax. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a vehicle. Who works out without any music? Like, I was training with someone recently. I'm like, you don't have a headset on? I'm like, no, I just want to focus. I'm like, focus on what? You're right. You're running on the treadmill, brother. Like, there ain't hey, no when there. I when I when I was fighting, we couldn't have music in the gym. But you know what? That's right because yeah. when I had headsets on at the gym, my trainer Lloyd Marshall, he's like, "You don't have music in your ear when you fight." He's like, "You know, it's getting That's you true. in shape." But he's like, "You got to understand that at a certain point, you got to get to a situation." where you cannot have that in your ear. It can motivate you prior to, but in the ring, there is no music. And my father told me, buddy, I'm going to be honest. My father got me into uh, into drums and music. And he said, that's the loneliest place on earth on both parts. Tough industry. And he's like, when I started boxing, he's like, you know, hey, you understand how tar how hard this is? I'm like, yes, I do understand how hard it is. He's like, you don't really understand. 
until you get in there. <laughs> you know, right? And you gotta show up on the next day. That's it. You go in there and you spar, you do your shit, and then next thing you know, you get roughed up. But do you show up? That's the whole thing. It takes yeah. hard dedication and uh, a consistency of the mind. So, what what made you choose uh, choose this sport of boxing? This um, it's not. It's got to be something in your blood because I mean, this is not something that I am. Um, everybody, I, uh, do. to be honest, I am. Um, I wanted to uh, do something with my life. I, I tried sports. You know, I played little league football. I played, but I was just too small. You know, I was I was too small for football, too short for basketball. And then one day, um, I walked in. There's a gym. There was there's a place in my neighborhood called the Broward Recreation Center, and uh, they had they used to have professional boxing. And I used to sit there and watch the professionals. And then one day, the guy said, um, "We got boxing for kids next week." January 17th, but you got to be 12 years old. And that was my 12th birthday. And I, I I was raised Catholic, so my mom told me I can join, but I had to go to religion that morning first. And it's just like, you know, religion was over at 11 and the boxing started at 12. So I walked from the church to the gym. And here I am now. The rest is history. It's amazing, buddy, because the thing about that is, first of all, you're a champion. Um, man, there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. And a great trainer. You changed people's lives. You know, like what you've done with great fighters throughout the years. And you're an amazing instructor and Whenever I try to show someone on my limited ability, not anywhere near as you, um, you know, get them into the idea of boxing. And my wife also talks to me about this shit too hard. Like I was talking about before, too hard on these people. I'm like, you don't understand if they're going to ever do anything or if I'm going to show them, I'm show them the right way. That's what right. you do. And I look at everything that you do and your videos whether it's on Instagram or whatever, but never even mind social media. Like I've seen you in life, brother. Like I've seen you go out there and talk to fighters with big personalities and fix them. You actually fix them in the moment. That is very important. And you got them through fights. That third fight with Mickey Ward, with Gotti. You know, that, that right. could have been troublesome. You, you, you working with uh, any young fighters right now, or just mostly like yes. pros? Or? I got a I got a kid, Carlos Baldaris, who's an Olympian. Okay. Uh, he's definitely gonna be a champion. He's still fighting at lightweight, 135 pounds. He was he's moving up to lightweight now. He was at 130. He's moving up. Okay. And um, I I just had this guy Johnny Beck. He just won the WBO middleweight championship. Oh yeah, I saw him. He he looked really good, really sharp. Thank you. Really sharp. And he's an he's another superstar, man. That kid's gonna be a future superstar. He's, I'm telling you, he's gonna be the shit. <laughs> yeah, man. He he looks like somebody that's gonna get avoided to me. What do you think about? Yeah, that? you hit it right on the head. 
Yep, you're hundred percent right. <laughs> un 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 unfortunately, he's gonna get avoided. Yeah, you're right. Hey, buddy, let me ask you a question um, before we head out. Uh, what's the biggest fight that you want to see personally, if you don't mind asking? Anybody? Oh, Spence Spence Crawford. Yep. <laughs> how, how did I know he was going there? You know, I, I feel the same way. I love both fighters. And thank God that Earl Spence survived that madness that wow. had happened with the car accident. But he looks good. You know, he seems – everyone's always looking, like, how does his eyes look? How's his speech? Is he okay? I'm like, I think he's all right, you know. Um, he went through can, a can traumatic we, Can trip. we ask for a, for a prediction? Or is it too you early? know what? I, I, too early. Too early. Okay. I, I thought I'd try to get, get that out of you, but yeah, I think it is a little bit too early. I, it hasn't been signed yet, and it, it looks like they're uh, in some uh, pretty tough negotiations right now. But the only thing uh, I have, the only thing I have with that is that you know Earl Spence looked good in his last couple fights. He's come back really strong, and Crawford has not been very active. However, I think that Crawford is a very crafty fighter, and. I don't want to make any predictions. It, it's, I think it's, you know, I live in Vegas. It's a 50-50, in my opinion. Right. It's very up, it's very up there. You know, but, uh, buddy, I mean, as always, a great time, brother. Um, please let me know and let our listeners know what you're up to, what, what's going on in the UK one last time, and anything you got going on. That's, I mean, right now I'm just getting ready for August 20th. And then uh, from there, after that, hopefully we'll be on the show again. I have more news for you. How, how's the food in the UK? You know, it's good, but, you know, they got me an apartment so I can cook, so I'm good. Word, word. What, what do you like to cook? Are you a pretty good cook? I can cook, man. I can cook. You know, it depends, you know, I, I it depends on whether I wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to get this. And then once I want to cook something, I think about it all day. Yeah. I think about how I'm going to cook it. I haven't ate before I even cook it. By the time I get home, it's eating already. <laughs> you know what's funny, buddy, is that what I do is that I wake up, I make the wife and the kids some food, get the dog her breakfast. And then what I do is I start prepping dinner. They're like, what are you doing? You're already making food for breakfast and lunch. I'm like, no, we got to eat, man. We got to keep protein in and get our right. calories taken. And so, like, I, they come home, there's, like, a buffet on my counter that is just got steaks and chicken and vegetables. And my wife's like, oh, you know, thank you, but wow, like, what's going on with you? I'm like, there's salad, too. You know, we got some salad over here, and it's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like you gotta eat. Yeah. It's, everything is nutrition. I tell my buddies all the time when they work out. You know, I'm like, make sure you're you're keeping your balance, man. Yeah. You gotta keep your balance. But buddy, you are amazing as always. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this, appreciate is, this, it. this is like such a pleasure talking to you because, um, man, I mean, you, you've been involved in so many big fights as a trainer and as a fighter as well. Um, 
Who is, is there any fighters uh, from when you were a, a pro fighter that you never got the fight that you would have liked to fight? Is there one particular person yes. that would uh, stand out to you? Yeah, Julio Cesar Chavez. And were you guys was, like in the same weight class at any particular yes. time? Or? Was it the same weight class? Yes. And was that something that was being negotiated or was that something? It was, it was just talked about, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. Okay. One last question. We keep saying this because we love, we love you so much. Um, what's your favorite, you know, I not to give out any secrets, What what's your favorite punch to throw? Like, what what is your comfort? Because I have mine. I know what it is. Like, Left hook. <laughs> yes. And you're a righty, correct? Yeah, but my left hook was my bread and butter. Yes. Brother, I tell you what, I show this to all people when I train them. I'm like, if you sit on your back foot, put your hips in, your ass into it a little bit, and you spin and pivot and get it a certain trajectory and nail it the right way, it's the most powerful thing on earth. Like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, I was working out with my martial arts instructor in high altitude. And he was showing me how to like do Jeet Kwon Do, like Bruce Lee type shit. And it was awesome. It was great. Learned a lot. And so I'm like, I want to show you a couple things. And he's like, okay. So I'm like, I'm going to show you how to throw a left hook properly. Because martial artists, like, I love them, but they don't they do not do it right <laughs> with their hands. No, just, <laughs> they don't, they're not doing it right. They're not doing it right. So... I showed him, and we had this thing, you know, the bob, you know, a punching thing. And he showed me how to kick it down with a push kick. But I'm like, I'm going to show you how to do it with the left hand. He's like, are you serious? I don't, I don't know if I could do that. I'm like, no, I got this. I got this. Trust me. So I fucking throw the left hook, get it in there, knock it down. He's like, well, how did you do that? I'm like, there's techniques. Like, my boy Lloyd Marshall back in Newark, New Jersey, showed me how to throw the hook, the proper trajectory, and bring it over my chin to protect myself in case I'm going to get nailed and force my weight into it and use my back foot and my hips to pivot. Like, people think boxing is just, like, a simple thing. I just throw punches. You're crazy. Like, there are so many mechanics that go involved in this. Like, if you jab from a certain aspect or, you you know, throw a right hand from a certain angle, it's not it's not that easy. Like, and... Well, plus when, uh, when you're getting fatigued, a lot of the, uh, you know, that, that affects you considerably. Correct? All right. Uh -huh. Oh, 100%. There was a time I wanted to just like fucking cry and go into a corner and just pass out. Like I told you, Kevin, like, yeah. check this out, buddy. There was one time I had a spar. I was in Newark, New Jersey. Only time I ever got stopped, got knocked out by a body shot. So we'll uh, bookend it with the body shot. This guy hit me so hard that I, I just, I could not get up. It was just only a spar. And I had no idea what the hell was going on. And I had to shake his hand for whatever reason for like a minute. And people were like, yo, what is up <laughs> with you? 
I'm like, I don't feel good. I don't know. Something's wrong. And they took me to the back. They hosed me down with cold water. And it was amazing. They saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was so out. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the best water ever. Put it in, put it everywhere. I don't care. You put the water on my balls. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, just do it. But, buddy, man, your time is well appreciated. Yeah. We know you're busy. And thank you for taking the time out today, Kev. Got anything All right, man. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we just want you to get some rest. And, you know, we're, we're All just right. like – we're ecstatic about uh, you being on our show, and we really appreciate right, it. Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. Yeah. Most All right, gentlemen. Take All care. Right, take care. Thank you so much. Much love. All right. So that was great. Another, uh, another edition of KO Nation Podcast. Excellent guest. Um, we are so thankful. Uh, took time out of his busy schedule. He's training Callum Smith coming up. He's going to be on the undercard of uh, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. So that's a huge fight. Uh, and uh, if he if he uh, comes out victorious, that's you know probably going to lead to uh, another big uh, big title shot. There's some big players at 175 pounds, and Callum Smith is pro- probably in the top ten in that division. So uh, we wish him all the best. And um, and he's also training some pretty good. Uh, Young upcoming fighters like uh, Carlos uh, Balderas, who is a former Olympian. So, you know, we just uh, really happy to have him on, John. Anything you want to close with? I want to close with, first of all, Buddy is one of the greatest people I've ever met in person and also spoken to numerous times. And I'm so appreciative of his time. I know how hard he's working over there. And I am so thankful that he gives me the respect and us the respect, you and I, yeah, uh, to come on and talk and openly talk about a lot of boxing. Uh, Kev, we got a lot of things lined up, man. And I'm not going to, like, throw them out there. You know what they are. And it's going to keep rolling out. It's just going to keep fucking going and going and going uh, with great boxing personalities and great people. Um you know, we got we got some really special guests coming through. So all that that listen, enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Listen to KO Nation podcast. Uh, we'll have some clips coming up soon. Take care. Support uh, Platinum Fights YouTube channel and uh, Johnny Sig's YouTube channel. And uh, more to come. We have more guests, more shows, uh, some instant reactions coming pretty soon. Uh, Ryan Garcia. Has a big fight on Saturday against Javier Javier Fortuna. If we have some time, we'll try to do an instant reaction. And uh, that's it. See you next time.